Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Let's join Pastor Greg Scalzo as he continues the Heavenly Authority series. This week we like to pick up the Heavenly Authority series again. If you remember last time we read in Mark chapter 9 and verse 38. Now John answered him saying, Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name. and We forbade him because he does not follow us. But Jesus said, Do not forbid him, for no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is on our side. We spoke last time about the battle as believers that we're in in this world. And the Lord has his troops, the army of the Lord proclaiming his name, working under his anointing, the brethren, the body of Christ. And we want to see as many people in that church, as many people on the battlefront, and we should rejoice when we hear there are others that are preaching the name of Jesus Christ, that are anointed to drive out demons, that take up the call to preach and teach the gospel of the Lord. And we closed last time with Ephesians chapter 4. Let me read it to you again. We want to look at this for a few minutes. Ephesians chapter 4, we'll start at verse 1. I, therefore, Paul writes the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Paul beseeches them. He beseeches them that with long-suffering they bear with one another and they endeavor to keep the what? The unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit. All true believers in Jesus Christ, all those who have said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. Lord Jesus, I receive you. Only you can save me. I receive you into my life. Change me. You are my Savior, and I count totally on you. And they enter into that relationship, that true love relationship with the Messiah. All true believers everywhere, at all times, belong to that body. There is one spirit and there is one body. If you remember when we studied the seven churches of the book of Revelation, we looked at Psalm 45. To familiarize you, that's the psalm where it's quoted in the book of Hebrews, Your throne, O God, is forever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, 
has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And that's speaking about the anointing. Our Messiah, your throne, O God, is forever. Therefore, God, your God, the Father to the Son, has anointed you with the oil of gladness. And it goes on in Psalm 45, this great messianic psalm speaking about the ministry of Jesus, to speak about the bride, the queen, the bride of the king, and also is mentioned the honorable women, the virgins, her companions. And we said you have this image of a wedding, the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the king, the bride, the church. You have the best man, John the Baptist compared himself to the best man, those who rejoice to see the bridegroom and the bride come together. And then you have these virgins, these honorable women, the companions of the bride, the bridesmaids. They would be the bridesmaids you read about in Matthew chapter 25. And they accompany the bride. And we compared the menorah in the Old Testament, how the church, the bride of Christ, is to be as that menorah, that seven-branch menorah. And then we looked at Solomon's temple, the more formal institution, where now you had five menorahs on one side and five on the other like you have these virgins. In the Matthew chapter 25, half were wise and had oil, and half were foolish. And the bride is all, all true believers throughout history in all different churches. There are members of the bride in this room. There are members of the bride in other churches in this town, throughout this globe. People who truly love Jesus Christ, and they enter into that relationship with Messiah. And then you have the bridesmaids who are to usher in the bride for the wedding. And I believe there in the scriptures that's speaking about the individual churches, assemblies, denominations, non-denominations, groups. Just like when you read the book of Revelation, you have the seven churches. And each one has a different characteristic. And those bridesmaids, those individual groups, like our small assembly, we are meant to usher in the bride, to make members of the church. But we're not to confuse the bride with the bridesmaids. Not every institution, not everyone in a church is necessarily a Christian. There are people that go to church their whole lives, and they like some of the things, maybe the music, maybe the fellowship, but they've never come to Jesus Christ and said to him, look, Lord, I'm sorry, I was wrong, I need your salvation. They may be in one of the bridesmaids in the church, but they're not part of the bride, the church. There is a difference between the church with a capital C and all the little churches or groups or denominations or large denominations with a little c that are there to supposedly do the work of the Lord. Unfortunately, many times they can be foolish, like the five that had no oil in their lamp. But the Church of Jesus Christ, with a capital C, is one body. There is one universal body of Christ, with Jesus Christ as the only head. And it is the heart's desire, as we read here in Ephesians chapter 4, it is the heart's desire, the positional will of God, that his people keep the unity of the Spirit, as it says here in Ephesians chapter 4, that they be one body. 
even as Israel in the Old Testament was to be one. Now we saw in our study, the background study of heavenly authority, that God allowed division in Israel, right? He allowed the breaking apart of southern Judah from northern Israel. But there was a reason. Solomon was building temples, idol temples, on every high place he could find to please his wives. There was gross error. There was gross abomination. So, though the positional will of God is that Israel be as one, God's conditional will, he allows, he even instigates, as we read in our study in Kings, the division of the kingdom so that you would not have this one power structure leading people astray. And by the division, then there might be those who find the Lord. And you have the prophets working through the people. It becomes a necessity because of gross error. It's not God's heart's desire. And it's the same in the church. God desires his people to be one. Now, the church is splintered, is fragmented. And we'll speak more about that, Lord willing, in weeks to come. And that's not the heart's desire of God. Many times it has been allowed purposefully in order that those that desire to know the Lord can find him and they're not trapped by one institutional power. Remember, the institution is not the bride. The institution is like the bridesmaids. So there's sometimes a purpose for the splintering and the conditional will of God. But the heart's desire for believers, and you know this if you go into a Christian bookstore, and it's happening more and more in our time as we approach the last days. When you speak to someone, people aren't saying, well, I'm a Lutheran, I'm a Presbyterian, I'm a Baptist, I'm a Pentecostal. People are more and more saying, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. And you can fellowship with Christians from every church because there are those in each location that truly love the Lord. And you have a greater brethren, a greater brotherhood you believe in Jesus Christ, you love his holy word, and so do they. And so really your ties to them might be closer than sometimes ties within the local churches themselves where you could have a person sitting in a chair who loves the Lord, believes in the inerrancy of the Bible, and someone sitting right next to them that, well, maybe Jesus is the Son of God and there's some good things in here, but they don't know. Your brethrenhood, your brotherhood with that person as a believer in Jesus Christ outweighs the local tie, the denominational tie, the church tie. The heart's desire of God is that his people, his body, be one. And there's power when we're one, right? If you look in Matthew chapter 18, in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 18, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. The power of believe is agreeing, two or three. Can you imagine 20 or 30, 200, 300, 2,000, 3,000? When believers agree in the mind of Christ, in the fellowship of the one Holy Spirit, there is power. Things happen. 
So obviously it is God's heart's desire that his people be one. One in spirit. One in the mind of Christ. One body. One church with a capital C. One spirit. There's heavenly power when we agree in the Lord. What happens? Let's see a situation that typically develops. If we look at 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we'll start at verse 10. Paul writes, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's how important this is to the church. He pleads with them as he's beseeched the church at Ephesus. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. I plead with you, brethren, the brotherhood of believers, that you speak the same thing. If you have an NIV, it says that you all agree with one another. Agreement, the power of agreement in the Lord. You can translate that, that you have a uniform testimony, that you say the same thing, that you give the same testimony. And when that happens, there's no confusion, right? There's no misrepresentation. We invite you to visit Shi'ar Jashub on the web. The address is www.shi'arjashub.com. Dot org. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. Make it your site for serious Bible study. And may the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve him.